Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, I'm joined by Chris McIntosh, and Chris is an operations director and a bit of a contact center guru. He's certainly well-traveled. I think maybe instead of Chris McIntosh, we can say Phileas Fogg. Um, Chris, uh, and we've been trying to do this for ages. Chris has been super patient. I'm really glad it's happening. Chris, welcome, and thank you very much. No, great, Martin. And uh, as you said, yeah, we've been trying to do this for ages. And finally, I get to speak to the main man who I've kind of been corresponding with for a few years now. And uh, I've always seen so much that you do, Martin, uh, you know, for everybody. And uh, I, I just wonder when you when you get the time, you know, to do anything, you know, let alone, you know, this, this podcast, which I say I'm a massive fan of as well. So, no, thanks very much no problem. And it has actually been a couple of years we've been going backwards and forwards, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. it's mad. But w- what a couple of years it, it's been for for all of us. And um, I, like I said in the intro, you're, you're a seasoned traveller and we're going to dive into um, the differences that you see in our industry across cultures and countries. But yeah. maybe can you just bring us up to speed with your kind of career and just where you've been? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, 30 years in the uh, contact, I'm, I'm going to say contact centre, I normally say call centre, but obviously to be politically contact centre correct um, these days, that's where it is. So 30 years in the contact centre industry, um, it, it kind of, I kind of got into it, um, you know, very much by chance. Um, I was, I was working, um, you know, traditionally in India, and it was in the kind of late 80s when uh, Thompsons were buying uh, provincial newspaper groups up and down the length of the UK. And um, I, um, I was working uh, with them when they uh, acquired various companies. And, and I used to get the job to go in and clean up afterwards and kind of do the restructure, which was kind of not nice, but um, I always wanted to kind of be positive about obviously things like like that. So um, we we got into centralisation, um, and that's kind of where the, the first kind of call centre or outbound kind of calling first started happening for me. So this was kind of the late eighties, and um, I made it a very successful process by obviously reducing headcounts across, you know, multiple uh, sites and bringing it all back into one site and was able to, you know, uh, increase the revenues and, and for them, that, they thought that that was the sign of the future. And that gave me an opportunity to go out to Thailand uh, and India, which is um, primarily where I, where I was. I kind of stayed in India uh, for the best part of the 30 years, purely because as my... Um, kind of career progressed. It, it more or less progressed into the B, you know, naturally into BPO and um, and taking on various other campaigns. I mean, I saw myself in the early days as an outbound specialist. I now see myself as a a kind of you know multi-channel specialist. I was going to say omni-channel, but I don't I don't actually think it exists. I think it's a it's a buzzword that everybody kind of says or oh, omni-channel. Um, but I, I, I think, listen, let's stick with multi-channel because, you know, it's the various forms that people can 
you know, contact or be contacted. So, um, so yeah, so that's how it's happened. So 30 years in India, um, 28, um, you know, 28 years ago, Thailand, um, still kind of have, have sites in India, um, but I've kind of migrated to a, a favorite part of India, which I'll tell you about later. Um, and then um, 18 years ago, I, I, I wandered into the Philippines and I haven't looked back since, um, apart from having various stints out, out of the Philippines while still remaining with call centers here. So uh, Africa, I've done extensively, South Africa, Latterly, Kenya, Ghana, and uh, you know, even ventured into into West Africa, um, and of course North Africa, and and done my stint also in in the UAE and GCC, um, which is kind of when we first got together, um, because I was just coming out of uh, Qatar um, and kind of thinking, what do I do next? I I turned down an offer to stay there for two years. Um, and, you know, my family, I, I mean, I, I should have said 18 years ago, I came to the Philippines and 11 years ago, I met my current wife. <laughs> so um, it's kind of also helped me to stay here. But I do firmly believe that Philippines is a good space, um, you know, for offshoring. Obviously, if it can't be done in the UK, um, you know, that's, that, that, and it has to be done offshore. Philippines, you know, for voice is, is a good is a good space uh, to be in. With your background before um, coming into call centres, um, did you travel a lot? Did you move around no. a lot then? No, really. I, you know, I haven't actually been abroad um, till till nineteen eighty seven. I listen traditionally. I was um, you know I. I was brought up in the home counties. I um, I was an ex-footballer um, that really? didn't make it. So I, I got myself a job, um, and that job, my first real job was with Yellow Pages. So I joined Yellow Pages um, as a sales, face-to-face salesperson, and then eventually I um, I got into uh, training. And um, I mean, after training, I developed into into management, and it was really that was my route. And so I was working up and down. I did a bit of travelling in the UK, so, but that doesn't count. Um, so I, I made my way around the UK really, you know, really, really well. And um, you know, so you know, so Sydney, Sydney, um, yeah, it wasn't until kind of nineteen eighty seven that I. I kind of went abroad and had a holiday. It was, it was traditionally Spain. And um, and then after that, you know, I started doing, you know, transatlantic, uh, you know, kind of stuff. As I said, you know, India, Thailand. Um, well, I, 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 I know. And I've lived in Australia as well, from my scene. So, you well, know. It's a, it's a, so far, I'm thinking, I've got a map of the world up on my, um, on my wall. I'm thinking... Alaska, maybe you haven't been to. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go there. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, if I can kind of say, we, I was, um, I was running a BPO based out of out of the UK um, around 2012 to uh, 2016, and um, we, I, I kind of developed our call center partner offering out of India, and that's then. Uh, how I kind of migrated into the Philippines because 
we, you know, it was it started to go through heavy compliance. You know, the ICO had kicked in, um, and they were kind of making it difficult, especially for India, um, you know, to pull, um, you know, consumers in the UK. So, um, you know, so it's a pretty and simply. We, I remember we, I was doing a pitch with my colleague, uh, one of one of the directors, and um, he was a funny guy. And I never knew what he was going to come out with next, Martin. And uh, so we're doing a pitch, and, and, and I introduced myself. And I did this typical, uh, I, I'm Chris McIntosh, been in the industry this long. I, I've been here, 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 and here. And another time I said, God, oh, that's amazing. You've been, you know, so many places. You've been everywhere. He tripped in and said, yeah, it's a bit like dog crap. He's been everywhere. <laughs> And I couldn't believe he'd said it. I can't. I couldn't believe it came out of his mouth. I was looking. I was looking at them, thinking they were going to think this was kind of very distasteful. But they were curling up on the floor and laughing. Thank God. So uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny. It was funny. I, and I've got. I've got to ask you because um, right back at the early start. Well, when I was sixteen, seventeen, I played um, semi-pro uh, football. Do you still play? Listen, I, I, I'm asking a minute how old you think I am, right? Because um, I do still play, um, uh, funny enough. And, uh, you, know, through, you know, through the years, I've always enjoyed it. You know, within the contact centre industry, you, you've always got big football fans. Everywhere yeah. in the world, India, big football fans. Obviously, cricket as well, Martin. So I've done a bit of cricket in India too, uh, you know, recently. In the Philippines, they're more into basketball, and uh, but they do they do follow football. But unfortunately, it's it's always Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. So you know, very much into Real Madrid and Barcelona. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I do get involved. And, and when I was in Qatar, um, they asked me to coach the team. Um, this was the core centre team, and they were playing, you know, in a competition. And I ended up playing, and I ended up playing every minute of every game. And I, at the time, was age 57. And um, I, I was running around like, you know, and they couldn't believe it. Um, you know, there some, obviously, you can imagine in Qatar, there's a lot of uh, nationalities like live there, work there. And, uh, and so there were some uh, very, very quick Sudanis. Um, but we you know, honestly, they were like lightning, but they didn't get past me, Martin. Seriously, no. yeah. you know, I, I didn't have to resort into you know being unfair um, or foul them, but uh, it, it's oh, just I mean, well, I was going to yeah? I was gonna say, there's nothing wrong with a good foul. Um, I played, I played last night, and um, someone actually said, There's one thing about you, Martin, is. You never let both. You, you can let the ball go past you or the man go past you. Never the same. Never both together. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, well, you're looking you know, good for your age, my friend. I mean, you know, you still like big in football, and I know you do a little bit of dancing here and there. It's the football mainly. Um, I, I've got. I've, I've got a funny story about the football. We we put together a, a team on eleven aside uh, on a Sunday when I first moved to this town. And um, a guy came along one day and was just stood by the sidelines and said, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to join you guys. We said, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. And he played with us for a, uh, a good couple of months and we just got on and 
he was a very, very good player, very good um, player. And it turns out we, so we had a drink after the game once and he, he, he said, oh, what do you do for a job, Martin? And so I told him, I said, oh, what do you do? And he said, oh, I hate it when people ask me this. He said, I've, I've just finished playing professional football in Thailand. Um, my wife's always lived in Oxfordshire, but uh, I'm coming back now. And I said, oh, really? Who, who else did you play for then? And he told me his career and he signed for AC Milan from Ghana. He was, he's Ghanaian. He, do you remember the 2010 World Cup in South Africa? Yeah. When Ghana played uh, Uruguay in the quarterfinals and Suarez handballed it, like caught the ball. Yeah. And then then Ghana missed the penalty. The guy, Dominic, who plays in our little Sunday fat dads kick around, was the guy that headed it towards goal. So he he played in the World Cup and he's out there playing with us on a Sunday. It's it's the beauty of football, isn't it? It, It's. Just uh, yeah, it, it is, you know, and, um, you know, for a while, I, I mean, talking about football, um, when I went to Yellow Pages, um, one, of the, one of the people that I um, was close to uh, at Yellow Pages, who, um, it was somebody who was my mentor, he, he'd only joined Yellow Pages a few months before, but he, was, he became like a superman. It was Richard Scudamore the ex-chief executive of the Premier League. Really? So, you know, I, I, I was very, very kind of close to him. And he, he, he was a referee, he enjoyed refereeing. And, um, but he always, had a, he always had a problem handling me <laughs> because, um, you know, when we played in the five sides, I was very, you know, always wanted to win, Martin, probably a bit yeah. like yourself, you know. A bit, a bit like now, I don't, I don't want to lose and I don't want to not do well. And I, you know, so I'm always looking to better, 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 better. So with that kind of attitude, you know, I used to kind of, you know, be a little bit aggressive and, you know, and people used to fall over. Um, and he, he, you know, he used to blow the whistle and call me up and he called me Chrissy. He used to say, Chrissy, I'm going to have to send you up if you carry on. Um, uh, but, um, but no, I, I kind of caught up with him in later life. I got back from Australia in um, in 2000 and um, I put the TV on. I, I was staying with my older brother and I put the TV on and um, uh, they, they were in that, doing something about Bos- Bosman and they said, the chief executive of the Premier League, Richard Scudamore, and I, I double took and, and it was him. So I immediately phoned the Premier League up and I got to speak to his secretary. And funny enough, our careers kind of mirrored up, up, you know, from Yellow Pages into Thompson's. He went to the page, I went to the Freeds. So, but I knew his, and what we, we kind of shared a, a group MD and his PO was, was uh, Richard's PO at the, the PF, uh, PFA, sorry, at the um, Premier League. And, um, and she remembered me. So she said, I'm sure Richard would love to see you. And so, I mean, I mean how, how easy was that? You know, I just flown to people from Australia, got straight in, in, into, uh, into a kind of a lunch meeting, you know, with Richard. And uh, yeah, it was amazing, wonderful. Yeah. So I want to ask you about all of the, um, the different locations because we've not, you know, I, I think this is a first actually. I've not spoke, I've not had a guest on from the Philippines, certainly from outside, 
it's been one out in Europe, I think. Um, so you, you're the furthest away, definitely. But I just want to ask you, in all your experience then, if you could just summarise some of the key things from each location. So maybe even, I'm fascinated to hear about Africa to start with. What, yeah. How evolved, what's the contact centre industry like there, call centre industry? Yeah, it's it's a good question. So if you start with um, if you start with South Africa, where it was where it's kind of mainly uh, consolidated, and you've got all the all the big players in there, you know, like your TPs, um, you know, your concentrics, you know, all all of the big, um, you know, the big big com- companies, um, they they kind of start life. I mean, there's three areas to South Africa. You've got um, predominantly Cape Town was the kind of call centre hub. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, you, get a, you get a good, um, uh, you know, workforce loyalty in, in, in Cape Town. However, it's, it's, it's always kind of, um, you know, has a little bit of politics, um, obviously, um, in, in, into country politics. Um, but in terms of voice, I don't think it's very good. Um, I think the accent, they, they talk very, very quick. And, you, you know, no matter what you do, you can't slow them down. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, there's hundreds of thousands of seats in, in Cape Town. Yeah. And, and big groups like CCI, you know, are, are moving away from Durban, pushing it now into, into, Cape, into Cape Town. I don't think it's the best part of, of Africa uh, to, to, to be in. Um, but also in South Africa, you have Durban, and Durban is in Natal is very Indian. Um, so the nationalities there are, are, are mainly from a sort of Indian heritage. Um, so you've got that mix of what was an Indian kind of accent with a South African kind of accent. And it, honestly, it, it, it's, not, it's not very, uh, it's, not, it's not clear. Um, and for me, it's it's kind of worse than Cape Town. Um, when you've got kind of a cosmopolitan uh, kind of workforce, it's, it's more in Johannesburg because you've got a mixture of a kind of you know what the community has to offer. You know, in terms of you know um, Afrikaners, which is the whites, and obviously the um, you know the African guys, which are. You know, which is you know from from the black side, and then you've also got the Indians that have kind of migrated out of Natal. Yeah. The only problem is it's it's just not a harmonious kind of workforce because mm. they don't like integrating with each other. So um, you know, it's very very difficult to go out and and, and do the you know do the half half do because they're all looking at each other, wanting to go. Oh, well, I don't want him in my team. I don't want him in my team, and it, and it, and that side of thing is is horrible to see, Martin. He really is. So you know, for me, um, have I lost you? Are you there? Yeah, you're okay. you're back. You're yeah, back. sorry. I, I, that's one of the probably the main problems. Here. Um, yeah. So from from a South African perspective. Um, it, it, you know, it's not it's not ideal, but you know, it's still it, you know, it still has a lot to offer. Um, you know, it still has a lot. The new kind of hub in Africa is is now seen as Kenya, 
Really? Um, and I, I had the privilege to go out there in, uh, last year, actually, um, and, launch, um, and launch our centre there. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot about it. I've done a lot of research. Um, potentially, they, they talk very, very well in Kenya. Um, but, you know, they do have, they do have um, you know, kind of... Uh, problems with actually going to work <laughs> and uh you know that's you know that's something that you know you really can't you know can't cope with um and and they do have their own kind of little ways and means but listen when you you know when you get in there you know very you know very good you know very, and, and people are kind of raving on it being the new kind of the call centers but i think they've got limited numbers um, you know, it's unlike South Africa. Yeah. Is it so? Is the is the industry there um, new for uh, the state of Kenya? Then, so it's quite it's an it's an up and coming yeah. industry. Yeah, and, and and what they're trying to do is they're trying to build it for international clients, Martin. You know. Um, Again, there, Chris. I wonder if um, I'm just going to stop my video as well. See if that improves it. Can you? Yeah. So, the um, it's a new industry. It's a new industry. Are they? Yeah. Are they? Are they excited by it then? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. Um, obviously, the, the the government officials are very excited by it and really think there is a you know there is a big future for it. I personally, having been there, I don't see it. Not for international work. I think. You know, the trouble with international work, Martin, is it's mainly American. It's yeah. American campaigns, and they're very fussy. Um, you know, they're very, um, you know, they're very much, they want things to be done precise. And, um, you know, they, you know, so, so therefore, they're always like looking at the quality and, and the quality, you know, uh, down to, you know, voice or down to, um, you know, kind of um, mistakes that are made on, on, on the client's behalf. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of hard work that needs to, needs to go into Kenya for it to be sustainable. I mean, people are talking about it becoming, you know, good for 20,000 kind of heads or seats. I think you'll be struggling, you know, from a voice perspective to, to get 5,000, seriously. Um, and, and, and also... Um, with the with the kind of um, you know the uh, attrition and the attendance, I also think that's a big problem for them, and I I, I can't see them sorting that out overnight. But I do know that um, Kenya is, is 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 also taking on what they call the local kind of markets as well. So I think it's a good place for you know for you know pan African business. Um, you know, and clients. Um, so you know, you've got you've got companies like Multi uh, Multi Choice, which are demand TV organisation. You know, for them, I think I think ten is the right place. You know, uh, to to kind of put all their contact uh, centre working for sure. And you um, you said you've worked in other countries in Kenya as uh, in Africa as well. Right? Yeah, Ghana. Uh, I also want uh, a mini in Ghana, um, 
And again, you know, it's Dan is interesting, but it, again, more for the kind of local African business. Um, different mentality, they appreciate the work because, you know, the kind of work that they have in, in Ghana, um, you know, is more kind of dirty work. So having, having kind of contacts into work, um, you know, is seen as, um, you know, as, as, as kind of blue chip. So you don't tend to have the same mentality over absenteeism or, um, you know, or, or um, you know, attrition, you know. So, you know, Ghana's, Ghana's interesting. Um, and, then, and then also, um, you know, I, I, did, I did a little bit in, in Nigeria and, and that, was kind of, that was kind of scary for a bit. Um, but again, very, very clean, you know, group of people. I, I think from a, you know, from an accent perspective, you know, it's a bit ambitious to look at um, those parts of Africa, Martin, um, you know, to handle kind of it, what I would call, you know, English voice accounts. So that yeah. would be Australian, American, and obviously British. You know, I think, I think obviously that's somewhere where you can come back to South Africa and say at least, at least you've got the volume of, volume of people, yeah. but then where does it sit in the pecking pole? on you know on the grand scheme of things you know there's this um bpl outsourcing kind of uh league of um you know best places to outsource to um and i think the last the last kind of vote was south africa which i you know i i, I find kind of strange because i i kind of see them behind um countries like south america and i see them definitely behind the philippines you know let's um Let's talk about the Philippines then, because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by your your career and just as well as as well as a country. Can you just talk about some of your have you got a tried and tested methodology or even mindset that you're going into new territories? You might not you, you might have done your research or I don't know what what's your approach when you go to a new location? Um, are we talking anywhere in the world, or are we talking in the Philippines? Well, let's start with um, let's start with uh, anywhere in the world, and then yeah. York, and then the Philippines. Yeah, uh, listen, being a being a Brit, being you know working for some very uh, large companies and aggressive companies, you, you kind of are aware of um, you know aware of how to kind of manage large. Uh, you know, large teams, you know, um, I kind of, you know, in my time, I've had kind of uh, 3,000 as, you know, as, as the kind of F FTE under my control. Obviously, you're not going to be able to manage that, that many day by day. Um, so you're going to need a structure. So my, my, my approach is um, when I go into a country, I, I kind of, I, I spend a good deal of time talking you know talking high level down to kind of mid level and even down to ground level um because i want to know i want to know what their you know their thoughts their their uh, processes you know um for doing the job for doing the campaign and of course there's, there's multiple different campaigns that i've worked on and um so i then i then tr try to understand what goes on behind the work 
workplace? Uh, you know, what's important to them? You know, is it family? Is it, you know, um, how they live? Is it, you know, uh, how they have a, like a, a career path? So I, I do a lot of work in terms of it, not going straight in and making the demands, not going straight in and, you know, and, and you know, telling them what they're doing wrong, but going in and, and, and kind of understanding their culture, their ethos. And, and okay. that's not just within the country, but it's also within the, you know, with the um, the business or the or the uh, the company as well, because you know, depending on you know who's doing what kind of level of management training, uh, you know, quality, um, it kind of depicts the culture as well, because everybody, every what I tend to find is that. Everybody tries to be a bit of a chameleon <laughs> to try yeah. and, you know, to, to, to fit in, um, you know, and, and therefore, you know, it's very hard to see the kind of rising stars, if you know what I mean, because yeah. everyone's trying to do what everyone else is doing. Um, but no, for me, I, I, you know, I've been lucky because I've, I've, I've kind of travelled from, from a young age to now an old age. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, I always like to be positive i always like to be enthusiastic um i always like to do things um li listen there are times where you have to really you know give people a bollocking because you know they, they, they're not doing it um but you do it in the right way you know you, i always use my phrase sandwiches i call it you know which yeah. is you know call them in um you know Tell them what they're doing good, and then tell them what they did wrong, and then bring it back to listen. I know you can turn this around. I know you can do it good. You know, let me see you do it. You know, and, and all this kind of stuff. But you know, it's it's a hundred percent enthusiasm, Martin, every day. You know, that that comes across already, just in in how you um, how you're talking about this, and how I know me and you have me and you have chatted, and you've got to be curious and love people right to kind of yeah go and approach people from across the world it must be it must be fascinating but it feels like and well you and you have made the philippines your your home when did that kind of adventure start um it it, it started um 18 years ago i was i was mainly in india i i i, I with the company or the BPO group that I was working for, um, they had 40 centers, you know, like working on their process. But in centers, there were kind of five people here, 10 people there, 20 people here. Occasionally, we had 50 people. But they, they had 40 different sites doing different things. And, and what, what was the problem was that you gave them like a script and obviously it's important that they stick to the compliant factor of that script but maybe it's difficult for them to stick to the script 100 percent because they're not ai you know they're not they're not robots <laughs> right yeah. so but, but there was such a variation in quality there was such a variation also in compliance that i wanted to Develop the 40 sites into one site. I also wanted to 
rather than use it as a vendor management perspective, I wanted to use it as my own site. That way I could put my own, uh, you know, my own sort of stamp on it, you know, from a, this is how we open, this is how we get the, um, you know, the, the locked in, this is how we, you know, we, we make sure the customer's happy at every step. Um, and also we make sure the ICO are happy and they're not going to like try and close us down and give us a big fine. Um, so I, I decided that um, I was going to migrate the 40 centres and build one centre. And that's what I did. Uh, this was in 2012. And I built an operation uh, with a couple of guys who I'd worked with before in India. They were Indians. And, um, and we, you know, they were kind of mates as well as people that I could, you know, uh, call, call kind of vendors, yeah? Nice. And, and they, they, they were so happy that I, I was going to give them the opportunity to grow that they gave me carte blanche and, and it just grew naturally and, and, and I found I found the Indians um you know to be very very hard working very very loyal and you know providing they they followed the guidelines they were very very good and it's just yeah. so unfortunate that you know some countries um you know this don't you know, don't kind of take to the accent, um, you know, as much as you try and work on that aspect. So um, what I did was I, 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 one of the Indian partners had already worked in, in the Philippines and he kind of suggested that we look at it. So I came over to the Philippines. Uh, I, you know, we, we partnered up with a centre that had about 500 seats and... I, I then agreed, you know, the, the voice quality was superb. You know, there was a lot of American sound in Filipinos. And it's kind of funny, Martin, because, you know, if you're talking to an American, you you know, you wouldn't think, oh, this guy's got a funny accent. Or if you're talking to an Australian, you, you know, we probably would say you've got a funny accent. But, <laughs> but at least we understand every word that comes out of their mouth. And then... Filipinos for Brits, they, they kind of look at you intense sometimes and think, and you think, you haven't understood me. And you're talking clear, you're talking kind of slowly, right? And they're looking at you like they understand you. And, and I, I found out this, you know, very, very early on. It's because they learn to speak English by watching American movies. So unless you talk like Brad Pitt or Tom yeah. Hanks or, you know, or, or Tommy Cruise, you know, they, they kind of, they don't kind of get you. But I, I found absolutely uh, amazing. So a lot of the 18 years I've been here have been kind of educated as well for the Filipinos. But, um, but no, they, 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 it doesn't take long for them to pick it up. This is the, the amazing thing about a Filipino. They... You know, you tell them once and they pick it up. They're amazing, you know, and, and they're very bright and they're very, they're always enthusiastic little people. They really are, Martin, you know. Um, any, anything, you know, they like to, they like to, you know, have fun in the workplace as well. Um, and they don't get it. Obviously, where we in the UK, 
we would know instinctively if someone's been rude and obnoxious. Unfortunately, the Filipinos don't get that. So they kind of, you know, they kind of ride over it with their just uh, their kind of, um, you know, uh, gratefulness that they're out and talking to somebody, if, if you know what I mean. So, uh, and not so I kind of realised, yeah, I realised um, this would be a good area to kind of migrate out of India, should, you know, should we need to. And um, look, I'm not saying that, you, you know, we needed to 100%, but we needed to a massive percent, Martin, because because of really the, you know, the, the change in kind of compliance in the UK, the kind of change in mentality in Australia, um, and, um, and also uh, the Americans were kind of looking outside of, you know, traditionally India into places like the Philippines and, and South America, um, you know, to, you know, to get the work done. Um, you know, so, but honestly, I think, um, you know, I, I, I still feel that, uh, you know, this is, you know, in terms of cost, this is still, you know, for a voice campaign, this is still, you know, probably you know, within the top two, if not the top, you know, for um, outsourced locations at this really? moment. Yeah. And you, not only have you um, have great respect and uh, appreciate the competency of the the infrastructure of the country, um, but you, you've fallen in love there personally as well and you have a... You, yeah. You're... yeah. I, I, listen, I... I um, I was I was married uh, for a long time uh, to my first wife, and who who, who uh, gave me my two wonderful daughters, who uh, are now um, uh, well, one of them's married, and the other's probably about to get married. So um, you know, and and but you know, obviously with with the work and uh, the kind of always been away. Of course, you know, the relationship you know dissolved. You know, so and I've been here in the Philippines eighteen years, and when my marriage dissolved, I always swore to myself, I'm not going to get involved, um, you know, with you know with with, with a Filipina, and uh, and then look what happens. You know, I, I I kind of met my my current wife actually, um, you know, through the call center industry, through just being at a party. Uh, with 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 another call centre group, so I kind of met her, um, and uh, you know she, she very kindly looked after me because um, I was I was very worse for for for, uh, for a few bills, which I I don't I don't do much marketing, and uh, you know I, I very rarely you know even have a bill these days, you know uh, just uh, it's it, it's just the kind of culture here. It's not like the old days in in the UK where you could. Probably go down the pub and you know, or we go we go for a beer after a game of football or something, you know. So it's not like that. So um, yeah, so being at the party, uh, you know, I I, I, I I kind of was worse for a few beers and um, <laughs> and she, you know, she took care of me and uh, as a way of saying thank you, I said, you know, let me let me buy you dinner properly, and uh, and then it just worked from there. I, you know, I realised that. Um, when, when I got talking, you know, Vetsu was very interesting. She, you know, she was um, she was training to be a doctor, but unfortunately couldn't see it through because 
she had to go and get a job and pay money because she was um, helping support the mother, you know, with, with, with her brothers and sisters. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of sad, but it's, um, yeah. So anyway, we, we didn't look back and uh, we now have a three-year-old little boy. So 11 years Brilliant. ago, I met her. Um, and three years ago, we, you know, we had our, our, our little lad, you know. I so, love it. That's yeah. Great. Is it, um, I wonder as well, you just to get your opinion on, I think as consumers, I, maybe not to the same extent, but like you, I consider myself a kind of citizen of the world, really. I, I was born in Germany because my dad was in the Air Force. We moved all over the place. Um, I went to like seven or eight different schools by the time I finished my GCSEs and then travel. And then I've been lucky to travel because of our industry. Mm. Um, so, but as per, speaking personally, as a consumer, I did an interaction the other day. Um, it was great, really seamless. The guy really helped me out. Uh, and it was only afterwards that I looked into, he sent an email to confirm something or other. And um, he was, um, I think it might have even been the Philippines. He was based there. Mm. And the the accent didn't bother me. Nothing bothered me because I think all I all I wanted was a seamless experience and a, and a good outcome, which is what I got. Mm. I wonder if... Uh, do you remember when there was this... Certainly in the UK, there was this kind of people... Uh, banks were going out saying, we have, even now, UK call centres... Is it? Do you think that's ever going to switch round? Speaking, like I say, speaking personally, I don't really care where anyone is, mm. as long as I can get what it is I'm looking for done as efficiently as, as possible. Do yeah. you think that is going to um, spin right back round in terms of, let's say, public opinion? No, um, I don't speak there. I, th I think when you're looking at um, when you're unfortunately when you're looking at countries like um, India, you know the kind of um, mass, uh, you know mass kind of market stuff. I I, I don't think it will. Um, I, I but I do I do know that you know the, the, your experience that you just kind of um, alluded to. Um, a lot of a lot of the big um, airlines. Um, are, are, are using kind of multi-vendors, right? Yeah. So they're using, they're, they're still using India. They're still using, and they're using uh, new places like, you know, Tirana, um, Tunisia. Yes, they have also a Filipino uh, sites as well. Um, and, and they use, use kind of Eastern, Eastern European uh, sites. But, um, you know, to, to kind of answer your question, I, I think what um, what happens is um, they use these these particular areas to try and cover their local clients within those those kind of countries. But what then happens is technology plays a part, Martin, yeah. and it becomes like a, a universal cue. So, you know, the problem is you could be sitting in, in the UK um, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, the queue spikes and therefore the call can't be taken in, say, the Philippines, which is kind of an acceptable country married for the, you know, for the UK. 
it comes to it goes to India. And as you say, providing you know, providing that you get a good customer journey, yeah. then then it's fine. But if you don't get the outcome that you want, and, and normally with things like airlines, of course they don't get the outcome they want because you know people don't you know would would use something like EasyJet or Spirit. Um, you know, of course they don't want to pay extra for that, right? And yeah. So therefore, it doesn't matter if you got an Indian trying to explain the process, Filipina, a Brit, you know, anyone. You know, you, that, that client is not going to be happy because he didn't get what he wanted because you can't. If, you know, nobody's got that kind of authority to make decisions on behalf of the owner. So, so yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I, I don't think ever, um, you know, we, it's going to go back to how it was kind of, you know, 15, 20 years ago where it was kind of accepted. I also think that GDPR has yes. played a big part in, in making it more a, um, um, a racist uh, environment too, because, you know, it gives them now a proper reason to say, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah? Whereas, whereas before, you know, they didn't want to talk to them, but if the agent was polite, was persistent, was good at what he was doing, they would talk to them and they would forget all this, you know, kind of, um, you know, anti, anti sort of um, absent uh, kind of mentality, you know, I, I, I tended to find. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, to answer your question, I don't think so. Um, I do think, um, I do think what will happen is, um, I think a higher percentage of um, physical agents will become robots. You know, AI will play a big part. The more that starts to get, um, uh, you know, in, involved, and I think that that's going to be the clever part because you will not know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it will it will be able to produce any kind of accent that you you want it to be, you know, so, and, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my big fear, but I, I still think we're, we're a little way off of that, and I do also think that there is still a market for voice, um, you know, maybe more towards second, you know, second level, um, you know, complaints, and, and also in, in, in outbound sales, um, and client um, upgrading, you know, I think, you will never kind of get to the position where you're going to replace humans for that, as much as they would love to tell you differently, Martin. But I, I can't see it, you know? It, it's a fascinating subject, isn't it, when you think yeah. the, the development uh, and the speed with which AI is happening. I know I use yes. some um, technology for the podcast, actually, which I haven't used to date, so just in case anyone's worried about it, but um, it can it can replicate my voice, a guest voice, and you think this is just there's so yeah. many implications. It's 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 mind-boggling. Yeah, I think you know a classic example of where it works really well is um, Vodafone in the UK. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they've got this system of IBM, and uh, you know. 
Well, when they, when they put that into place, I remember the uproar of, of people thinking, oh, this is our gods and everything else. But what it meant was they could actually train the people, um, you know, to, to, you know, to a higher level. And by taking on that second kind of level, customer complaints and work more on the, on the kind of technical support side, but maybe I, sorry, AI, um, isn't isn't kind of um, uh, you know ready for, and, and I think it works. I think it works well for them, um, and I, I, I love it. And I'm really surprised because you know when I was in Qatar, I worked for a redo, and you know they they had pretty much um, you know for for a company that's very very wealthy, they they really didn't have anything like the tools or technology um, of something like Vodafone. Um, and, you know, Vodafone launched into Qatar and it literally, you know, it, it was a street fight. It really was, um, you know, and uh, I, I, I just feel, I just feel that, um, you know, there's also something, uh, you know, to, to look at because to answer, to come back to your question about um, accents and voices, you know, for certain markets, if you look at if you look at countries like um, the UAE or, or Qatar, um, which is DCC, your main you, you think your main market would be Qatari, but it isn't because the largest population in Qatar is, is, is what we would call Indian, which is made up of Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankan, Bangladeshi. Um, Nepali, you know, I can, I can kind of go on. And how they service those markets in Qatar is they take on uh, people that can speak Hindi. So they're only offering Hindi as a choice of language to communicate in. And, um, and that's just not good enough. Your second largest population in Qatar and also in somewhere like Dubai is funny enough Filipino. And yet they would only allow like a Filipino to be able to be spoken to in English. So to me, these countries and these call centers in these countries are missing a massive trick because what they could either do um, is, is look at maybe outsourcing, you know, to the relevant country um, and just handle maybe the Arabic element of calls. And again, a lot of the Arabic element calls are handled by multi, multi kind of national Arab, Arabs, you know. It, it could be Tunisians, it could be Egyptians, it could be Lebanese, it could be Syrians. Um, it's never the, you know, the, 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 the native country, you know, for example, Qatari would never kind of work in a call center. So, so yes, I think they're mass, massively missing the trick there, but, um, you know, if, if their demographics are that our highest population is, is of Indian, uh, call it Indian, if, you, if you're going to kind of put it into one bracket. But if you, if you outsource to, say, an Indian site, you'd be able to get multi-languages, you know, especially if you did it in somewhere like Kolkata, you could get Bengali, you could get Hindi, you could get Punjabi, you know, you could get Urdu, right? So you're covering pretty much the whole element of, of their clients. 
And then if they did the same exercise in the Philippines, you know, they, they would be able to communicate in Tagalog. I know the Filipinos in, in somewhere like Qatar do speak reasonable English. There's still, you know, you've still got maybe an Indian person trying to communicate in English to a Filipina. That remember what I said, because I talk like I do, they sometimes don't understand me. <laughs> and unless this Indian is going to sound like Brad Pitt or Tom, Tom Cruise, it's going to be difficult, yeah? And likewise, they get an Arab, uh, I was speaking to them also in English, that doesn't speak very competent English. So therefore, you know, there's always going to be, you know, escalation levels. There's also going to be mistrust in terms of trying to uh, uh, sell or, or upsell, you know, to these type of clients. So I think they're massively missing the trick, Martin. Well, um, as we get to, as we come to the end of the, the podcast, I just want to talk to you about um, people who are listening now in the UK, maybe quite early on in their career, and they look at someone like you, you've had a great career, having a great career, you've been all around the world, literally. Someone, um, what would you suggest to someone who might want to even take that first step? What, 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 what can they do? To, to kind of go on that journey that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a lot harder than these days because um, um, I, I, I think there's more... Actually, is it a lot harder? There's a lot more companies doing it these days. Um, but I would say to them, you know, go in, um, do the job well. In other words, what you're taught, you know, every day, every call, everything you can do, do it, do it well. And therefore, your numbers are going to climb. And if your numbers climb, people are going to take note of you. It's going to be your colleagues, it's going to be your, um, your you know, your, your team leaders, it's going to be your managers, it's going to be your, um, you know, your operations people. Um, it's even going to be the client because, a lot of the campaigns have uh, either CSAT, OSAT, GSAT, um, or um, you know, or um, you know, uh, vo- uh, you know, voice of customer, um, or any kind of um, you know, um, you know, compliance process. Even the clients will take notice, notice of you, and if the client takes notice of you, um, it means you're doing a good job. So do a good job. Learn, learn the trade. Don't think, oh, I'm going to do this for a month and then I want to be promoted. It, it takes it takes a lot more than that. But specifically, also help you know help your colleagues be a big team member as well. Because when people are looking for the next level of management or the next level of um, you know kind of who could who could train, they're looking for people that are interactive, you know, with their teammates and. And with their colleagues, uh, and I also think that you know, if you really, really wanted to, you know, to go and do this abroad, a, a, a a yeah, um, you know, make it known, you know, from day one that you're kind of happy, uh, you know, to be someone that's going to be developed to be able to be parachuted into wherever the centres are, you know, in, in some of these big companies, you know, make make that known. 
um, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I was just lucky. Um, I, I, I put a lot of what I've done, how I've done it, you know, down to, yes, it takes hard work. It takes long hours. I mean, look at me now. I've bags under my eyes. I'm, I'm covering UK ships. I'm covering uh, US ships. So I'm, I'm oh, doing... No, come on. This is like the Cocoon film. You are, a, you are looking very young. You're looking much younger than me. I'm 16, Martin. I've had I, know, my I can't believe it. Birthday on Christmas Day. Is it? Yeah. I Christmas Day. Like well, yeah. in international travel is obviously the key because you're looking good. <laughs> yeah. And having a Filipino wife. Um, maybe, maybe if I didn't have that, I'd probably even look younger. No, <laughs> that's another reason why I like the Filipinos. Um, they, they tell me every day I look about 38, so do you know what? I love them to death, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, Chris, thank, thank you so much. And I thought that um, the advice you shared there is just absolutely, absolutely spot on. You've, you've got a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, and um, thank you very much for, for sharing uh, and coming on and always being a big supporter of the podcast as well. Thank you. Great stuff. I see Hugo just coming in the back now. He is. He just wants to show off his bone. Oh, does he? Well, look, Chris, okay. thanks for joining and have Thank a good you, evening. Yeah, you, you, you stay well, Martin, and uh, yeah, get rid of that cup and um, look forward to seeing you dancing again and look forward to <laughs> hearing about you go and you put a in. Listen, you're, you know, you're amazing. You, you did so much, um, you know, and uh, wow. You know, I, I, I can't believe it. And I, and I do still think that there is a spot for someone to replace Parky and Wagon, <laughs> and it should go to you. Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Thanks, right. Chris. See you, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.